Hi, everyone. You are listening to Radio Cherry Bomb, and I'm your host, Carrie Diamond. I'm the founder and editor of Cherry Bomb magazine. Each week, I talk to the coolest culinary folks around. Today, I am chatting with my new best friend, Chef Maria Maison. Maria is the executive chef and owner of Boca Restaurant and the Sona Bodega, both in Tucson, Arizona. And she is overseeing the kitchen at the brand new Borderlands Brewing location, also in Tucson. Some of you might know Maria from her appearances on Chopped and Season 18 of Top Chef. She is funny, honest, and clearly puts her heart and soul into everything she does, from her tacos to her famous salsas to her life in Tucson with her firefighter wife, son, and two dogs. Stay tuned and learn how Chef Maria got her start, what kitchen appliance, (laughs) yes, what kitchen appliance is tattooed on her thigh, and how her salsas reflect her mood. One of the reasons I am so excited to talk to Maria is because she and I will be hanging out in person at the Graduate Tucson Hotel for a special networking event. It's taking place Thursday, February 23rd from 5 to 7.30 p.m. at The Moonstone, which is the hotel's rooftop restaurant and bar. Graduate Tucson is just steps from the University of Arizona campus. Come and meet other folks in the bomb squad and from the local culinary scene and enjoy snacks and sips from The Moonstone. Then we'll have a talk and panel discussion with great food folk, including Chef Maria. Tickets are $30 and include all food, drinks, and a copy of our magazine. Head to cherrybomb.com to snag your ticket, and we can't wait to see you. We are also hosting networking events at the Graduate Hotel in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, on February 9th, and at the Graduate Hotel in Palo Alto, California, on March 2nd. If you have pals in any of these cities, let them know. If you're not familiar with Graduate Hotels, it's a collection of 33 handcrafted hotels in college towns across the U.S. and U.K. Each one has a unique design inspired by its hometown, and their restaurants and lobbies are perfect gathering places for visitors, students, and locals. I'm very excited about hanging out at the Moonstone. I saw some pictures online, and the view from the roof is amazing. There's also a rooftop pool, so I am most certainly packing a bathing suit. For more information on our event, visit cherrybomb.com. And for more information on Graduate Hotels, visit graduatehotels.com. Now, let's check in with today's guest. Maria Maison, welcome to Radio Cherry Bomb. Thank you. I, it's Honestly, it's an honor. I've been following you on social media for a while. And just to be in your presence, it's pretty cool. You are doing so many things and really just crushing it out there. And I'm just, I'm honored to be able to talk to you and that you're uh, going to share your story with all our listeners. I read that you didn't choose your style of cooking. It chose you. You're going to have to explain to us what that means and what your style of cooking is. Well, people assume that because I'm Mexican, oh, she's going to cook Mexican cuisine. It chose me. I became a chef by accident. My story is quite unique. I was working as a waitress in a restaurant in the foothills here in town, and it was Mexican-American, the typical yellow cheese, sour cream, which I'm fine with. Now at 41, I understand there's three types of Mexican food. It's what you call Mexican cuisine, the one that I grew up eating, coming from all over Mexico, which is gorgeous. American Mexican, that is the yellow cheese, the sour cream, and the Tex-Mex, which I don't mess with Texas, so we're going to leave that alone. So with pride, I say, why are you doing like this? Mind you, this was a family that had restaurants for 40 years, and little by little, I I found myself in the kitchen and given them ideas. I have ADHD, so the only 
thing that made sense to me. Being in the like in the middle of the chaos, it felt super calm to me. So one thing led to another, and I started doing the weekend specials, and people are liking it. People are ordering my specials. So I got more interested, and I was like, let me bring Mexico to this border town. So I started YouTubing, I started Googling, I started asking everybody and their moms, and 20-some years later, I'm talking to people like you. So I'm very stubborn, so I stuck to my guns. I never sold myself cheap in the sense of like, if you do this or if you sell sour cream in your restaurant, you're gonna make more money. I'm like, no, I'm not here for the money. I'm here to represent my Mexico. And I want people to eat my Mexico through me. And that's it. Tell us a little bit more about how you went from waitress to self-taught chef at the same restaurant. I found I was good at the kitchen. I was good at the, at the cooking. I was good at mixing. And I discovered myself being very confident cook. I discovered that I, I didn't need to follow a recipe, that my sense, my spidey sense of smell of or knowing a certain ingredient was working. So I felt confident. I felt secure. I felt like I belong. And that's how I started. I started in that little restaurant in the foothills of, of, of Tucson. And one thing led to another, being stubborn, being super terca, what we say in Spanish. And so far, so good. I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop, <laughs> believe me or not. Did you show any interest in cooking when you were little? Yes. I had a, a nanny. See, in Mexico, it's very easy to have nannies, and, and at least in Sonora, where I grew up. Gregoria was her name, and took care of my mom. And then she, uh, when my mom got married, she she was our nanny. Wait, she'd she had been your mom's nanny also? Yes, she was my mom's nanny as well. And she cooked the best chile colorado, like red chili stew. And I was, was that little skinny middle child, which I do have the middle children syndrome. I was always there. What are you doing? What are you doing? And she was always taught me how to make flour tortillas, the chile colorado, verdolagas, or the uh, purslane that they, in English. So I was always interested. It was just, oh, they're cooking. I'm going to see what's, what's out there. I was not great at school. So that, I don't know, since now that I am think about it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where I, I felt safe. That's where I felt myself, that I can be literally all I wanted to be through a plate in years of still trying to make it right. Because I, I think if you stop trying to make it right, I don't think you have nothing to offer. Like, you have to try and try. Because the perfection level is never going to be enough. And I'm not saying, oh, I want to be per I just, that makes me be better and better human as a chef, as a mom, as a wife, you know. When did you realize this could be a profession? When I started waitressing, I love talking to people. I love talking about food. I love, they chose that restaurant, but I was the face of it. Like, I, that, I was part of their evening. You know, waitressing is not easy as being a cook is not easy, being a dishwasher is not easy. But just being part of their evening, I was entertaining. And then we were talking about food. And then I felt prouder. And I kind of like got like a inject of gasoline when people are trying to 
trying my food. And I used to hide in the corner where the waiters and waitresses hide. And I used to look for that nod till I do till this day. That first nod of that first bite. It doesn't matter if it's guacamole or truffles or whatever. You look for that nod and then you feel you're high. It's at the highest. And that's what I was looking for. After that first experience, what came next? More jobs? Did you go to culinary school? I did not. You're self-taught? Yeah. Self-taught. I learned from TV, so yeah, they taught me. I learned from radio, from magazines, from books. I find myself a confident cook. So if I'm going to try fish sauce or kombu with frijoles, how to respect the ingredients of different parts of the world and make it my own. Who were some of yeah. your TV teachers? Ooh, of course, the mighty Julia Child, but Ina Garten, I think I can fix the world with her. Give us a bottle of wine and tacos. I will be cooking the carne asada. Believe me, when I'm cooking, I imagine the scenarios of people that I want to like hang out with and her being one of them. Seriously, just cook and talk about it. Talk about the world. I learned, and I don't have to, say Padma, Gail, and, and Tom, but Tom gave me a lot of confidence. I can go fishing with Tom. But there's a book in, in Mexican cuisine, if you will. Every mom and their mother has it. It's called Doña Cuca. Doña Cuca is a house mom that decided to do a book. And I stole those two books from my mother. And I have them. And every mom and their moms follow that book. I don't know if she's still alive or not. I just found, like, the book. I can see her. It was a long book, short hair with super, like, 90s, like, uh, array of food, and just the tiny lady just in the corner. And she was going to teach you how to cook like a mom. So Doña Cuca is being one of them for me. And, of course, TV took over and the celebrity chefs took over. But, yeah, Ina Garten, and I, I can go fishing with Tom. I'm going to put it out there for the world. When did you decide you wanted to have your own restaurant? When uh, that restaurant was closing and my catering company was taking over. And I said, why not? So you had your catering company at the same time you were working at someone else's restaurant? Yes. And okay. they were you know, kind enough to work out of there. And I opened a Boca Pain Homage to Sonora. I say, why not? Why not? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to facilitate the tacos for us to sonins and not to go to all the way to the south side, if you will. And I want to show the taco that we Sonorans eat. Mind you, I'm from Navojoa, Sonora, which is the last city of the state of Sonora. I grew up watching the Jagdoquero. I He taught me how to chop tomatoes just by watching him. I watch Pancho, Don Pancho, was the taco cart by the corner of my parents' house. I saw him without him knowing how to put a carbón the charcoal, how to, like, all those memories came back running to me to open the restaurant, and that's what I wanted to do. Little did I know that it was a difficult task, but I will not change it for the world. I found myself with a business partner. That didn't work out. A couple bills were missing, (laughs) and you know the the, the typical story, but I learned the hard way who was the IRS. I learned the hard way I needed to pay my employees, but I needed a worker. I, I learned. 
what I told them is like, I have no idea. I get sometimes like lost in translation, but if you patient with me, I really do believe in my project. And somehow, somewhere, little by little, start working. So I don't have a, like when people say, who's your mentor in the kitchen? I don't have it. Those people that I just mentioned, the hot dog man, my nanny, those are my mentors. My mentor is a gentleman that I used to rent from the spot that Boca was originally at. And I needed to pay the rent, of course. So I learned business. I became a business person first and a chef later, which they don't like each other at this point, but <laughs> that's another <laughs> another podcast. So you said it's a tribute to the food you grew up on in Sonora. Yes. Tell us what that means. What are, What is the cuisine of Sonora? Sonora is tacos, is hot dogs, it's freshness, it's that smell of the charcoal. Food and music is the only thing that has the power to take you back years. I'm 41 years old, and if I if I smell the charcoal burning, it takes me when I was little and, and takes me back. But Sonoran food, we, we have a lot of agriculture. So we have a lot of meat. We have a lot of pork. We have a lot of maize, which is the tortillas de harina, the flour tortillas. So it's very rich, but it's very simple. So you have the machaca, which is the shredded beef, dried beef that the ranchers, that's the way to preserve, they used to preserve that beef so they can go in days with the cattle. It's very simple cuisine, but very rich. You don't need much. What has been on the menu since day one? The macho taco a boca. It's a roasted Anaheim pepper stuffed with cheese and then melted and then put a tortilla with steak and cabbage and guacamole, pickled onions. People think, Mexico, Mexican cuisine, Mexican food. Oh, tacos, pozole, yada, yada. But Mexico is so big that it, it has their the comida yucateca, comida sonorense. So you go in and, like, if you go to Mexico, you don't eat tacos with cabbage. <laughs> so it's very cool to teach people without them knowing them that you're teaching them, your patrons. That's what how we eat in Sonora. Oh, I love a good taco with a nice glass of wine, why not? Fancy it up a bit and fixing the world, that's where it's at. What are the dishes you're most known for at Boca? My salsas. My salsas put me on the map. I was broke as broke they can be. And I was at the at the grocery store here, the Mexican grocery store, and they had bananas for 33 cents. And I said, I need to make something with this because I don't have money for tomatoes, which or I don't know, they were $3 a pound or $2 or whatever. So I got back to Boca and I grilled them, tossed them in a little bit of butter and seasoning, and I put orange juice and habanero peppers. And since then, the banana habanero, it's been a thing. And then I discover that the blender was my superpower, that I have a voice through the blender because I can put stuff together and I can take people that don't have the means to travel to India or Japan or China or Mexico with little, little things and the little salsa ramekins. And that's how I'm known for my salsas, which I have a, I'm going to say the brand because I don't care. I have a, a Vitamix tattooed in my, in my thigh. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I do. I sure do. Because the Vitamix gave me, it's going to sound very dumb, but gave me power. 
because I was I was broke, so I didn't have money to buy an expensive restaurant blender. So I was spending $30 at Target or Walmart buying blenders. And I was breaking them, breaking. When I told myself, when I'm able to afford a, four, a $500 blender, then I made it. And then I did. It was a red blender, a red Vitamix. It's that tattooed in my thigh. That's the only blender I buy. My my wife makes fun of me. Speaking of your wife, you have a salsa called the hotter than your wife salsa. Tell us well, what it's that's not, all it's about. Not a, it's not a salsa. When you come into the restaurant, the marquee that I had at Boca, the old Boca on Speedway, that used to be a Taco Bell back in the day. So when I moved locations, I wanted to take the marquee with me. So my wife, being a firefighter that she is, Oh, we can make it a drill and fire department, Tucson fire department are amazing. So they helped me take it down and make a drill out of it. Of course, trying to train and be better or whatever. And the slogan of Boca was, our salsas are hotter than your wife. <laughs> now I and get we've it. Been, yeah, and we've been insulted. People don't take the joke. Uh, but I just laugh. I'm like, hey, the world needs more laughter. So I would put it out there. That slogan was created by... Back then was my customers. Now they're one of my best friends, and I adore them, the Melroses, and because I always had hot salsas. And now you can go to Boca, and you can see what my mood is. If they're, like, super fruity with the heat, oh, chef is having a good day, and they're hell hot, do not talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Is there anything new on the menu there that you're really excited about? You know what? I... I did this for myself, for my sanity. Every Wednesday, instead of like other regular people doing their weekend specials on the weekend, I start on Wednesday. I get bored very easy. My spam attention spam is very short. So I do my weekend special starting Wednesday. So you can come. And yesterday, when was it? Wednesday, I did a michiote of barramundi with, I put a charred parsnip puree on the bottom chile morita, green beans on the, uh, on top of the puree, and then that fish with an achiote sauce, and then wrap in that paper and let it steam. So I, I let the my mouse and my brain go. And yeah, every Wednesday, you're going to find something new. And every day, you're going to find different salsas. I'm in the process of writing my salsa book. I think over my career of opening Boca for 13 years, I'm very confident I have about 8,000 salsas. That's a lot of salsas, Maria. Well, I need to scream sometimes. I need to <laughs> say, hey, I'm here. It's a good outlet for the youngsters that work in my kitchen, and I'm trying to teach them the less is more, that sometimes you let these, the ingredients speak, and you can create a great memory for a customer. Yeah, I love it. I, it, I will not change my story for the world. We'll be right back. I have a little Cherry Bomb housekeeping for everyone. Tickets are now on sale for Cherry Bomb's 2023 Jubilee Conference, taking place Saturday, April 15th at Center 415 in Manhattan. This will be our 10th in-person Jubilee, and we can't wait to see you. Jubilee is always a beautiful day of connection and community. And Jubilee also happens to be the largest gathering of women in and around the food space in the whole U.S., so don't miss out. For tickets and more information, visit cherrybomb.com. What else? 
We've launched a brand new podcast. It's called She's My Cherry Pie, and it's hosted by baker and author Jesse Sheehan, and it drops every Saturday morning. Each week, Jesse talks to a world-class baker and does a deep dive into one of their signature baked goods. I love the show, and I think you will, too. The first two episodes of She's My Cherry Pie are live, so give a listen or check out the transcript. You can catch Jesse in conversation with the hugely influential pastry chef, Claudia Fleming. And then Jesse spreads some joy and buttercream frosting with none other than Joy the Baker. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or check out the transcripts on cherrybomb.com and happy baking. Back to our show. Next, you opened Sona Tortillas, right? Is that what came next? Sona S-O is the Sonora, is where I started. And A, Arizona, is where I ended. I wanted to have a good tortilla. I was about to open and then want, want the pandemic. So that gave me time to think and to explore and learn more about maize, the corn. So after a lot of trial run and trial and run and testing and all that, I invited my baby brother. My baby brother is nine years younger than me. And uh, I said, why not? Let's come on, let's do this together. And we opened Sona with a little bodega in the front and we sell anything and everything kitchen related. And actually we host about 13 local Tucson brands there. Oh, how so, cool. Well, if I if somebody gave me a chance and that's what the world needs, more chances. Somebody gave me a chance. Tucson gave me a chance, but my landlord gave me a chance 13 years ago. So why not to give those small creators chances? Of I have a mesquite flour for chocolate chip cookies. I have salt. I have rubs. I have many other things. So yeah, Miguel and I, which he just got married, so it's perfect for him. And we just create the tortilla. Sometimes I put chiltepin, I did a green chili tortilla, but yes, we bring the maize from Oaxaca, we nixtamalize it ourselves, we grind it ourselves, and we have the machine and cook it there. So for visitors to Sona, so they can shop in the front, buy a few things for their pantry, what's the go-to thing to get there? Well, Like, like for me, I don't live there, so I've got to choose wisely on my first visit. Yes, you're gonna. I'm gonna make you your your care package, which is gonna have tortillas, which they freeze amazing. You have no idea how many fr- frozen tortillas I have. I like the people to just like take ten, freeze them, and they thaw out perfect. Salsa, my sonorita is called la sonorita, which is a chiltepin salsa with agave. I just did a tattoo of a jar of chiltepines. Chiltepines is our a mother chile. But it's what here in Tucson we're known for, and Sonora as well. So my salsa, eh, tortillas, and a couple of rubs. There's good stuff there from other vendors. Oh, and of course, barrio flour from Don Guerra from Barrio Bread. And are you making food to eat there, or it's all pantry and fridge stuff to take? It's all pantry and fridge uh, stuff to take. Mind you, the shop, it's in my restaurant's courtyard. Got it. Okay. So it's a one-stop shop. So you can be a Boca, eat, have a margarita, walk to the courtyard, continue admiring my edible garden, which that was my escape during the pandemic. I'm growing chiles. I'm growing herbs. I'm growing a lot of things. And then you get to the store and that's it. 
Oh, I love that. You've got all that in one space. That's fantastic. Little by little. I love that you mentioned that you learned some of your culinary instructors were TV teachers from you watching food television. You've been on TV several times. You've done Shopped. You were on season 18 of Top Chef. What do you like about being on TV, cooking on TV? Back in the day when I started Boca, I needed to be on TV to be heard to because I still believe that I have a lot to offer, but it's a different. Now I want to tell my story. Now I want to fix the problems with food. Now I want to showcase that Mexican cuisine is elegant. Now I want to show that a taco is compared to a truffle or a pozole is the same as a duck and that you want to test in menu, but you don't need to pay thousands and thousands of dollars. I personally don't eat like that. I personally don't take out the tweezers and decor my food in my home. We need to teach food is approachable. We wonder why so many kids these days, they don't eat vegetables, they don't eat certain things. It's because we, as creators, we're not approaching our right clientele. It's funny because I don't have time to volunteer at my son's school when he was in elementary. So I took it upon myself to volunteer once a month to go to his class and cook for these kids. But I was cooking, yes, mac and cheese, but I was throwing the typical veggie in there. So I was teaching them the vegetables are good. I was letting them eat with their eyes, with color, with flavor, and they were part of me prepping. And that's what I want to do through Mexican cuisine. I want to try to break the stereotype of the donkeys and piñatas in the restaurants and the certain beer and stuff like that. I want to show it's approachable. It's elegant. It's within reach. Do you want to do more TV? Yes. Yes. Why not? I want to sit down with grownups and I want to make TV that makes sense that, I don't know, a grandma Jennifer in Minnesota can understand what's going on with the world with regular words. And Minnesota as well can understand what's going on in her world with my words. I get lost in translation a lot because being sec- English my second language and having ADHD, delect- all the good stuff I have them. So I want to be approachable. And I think that TV, it's needed just to clean the world a little bit. But I don't know. It gives me, a, like the other day, people are asking me about a certain movie that is out, the menu. And I said, I do not watch cooking shows or TV movies related cooking because give me anxiety like you wouldn't believe. It's so funny that you say that we did a little something with with Rita and Jody. Do you know those two from Via Carota and Isodi yes. and Bouvet I know who they are. I've never met them. They're fantastic, and we did a live event to celebrate their new cookbook. And someone asked what food TV they watch when they're home, like in their off hours. And I think it was I can't remember if it was Jody or Rita, but one of them said, "Are you kidding? I don't watch any of that when I go home. Do you think doctors go home and watch doctor shows?" <laughs> no. Yeah, I was gonna say I watch Grey's Anatomy. I'm almost a doctor because of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so no, I watch anything that has to be like remodeling shows. Like right now, I'm set that I'm. I need to buy a van and I convert it. My wife is going to retire in five years and we're going to travel the world. Fun. And I want to cook, fish, and just not worried. How old are your kids? Renee, my son, my one and only, he's 14 years old. Oh, wait, to mix up the kids and the dogs. Yeah. You have two no. dogs, one kid? Two dogs, yeah. Lola and Lucas, my wine reiner, and Lola, my deaf bull terrier, and Renee, my teenager. I don't know if I have to say enough with that teenager. 
Yeah, I did things a little backwards. I was married to a guy, my son's father, which I adore. He's one of my good friends. And I, because I'm from Mexico, Catholic, I couldn't come out. And I did. I found the courage and I wanted to, to be happy and I did. So I met my wife, actually, Lily. We've been together for almost 13 years at a restaurant through a mutual friend at Boca. And the rest is history. I threw away those taboos and all that not good stuff that comes with coming out or teaching people. <laughs> when people look at me, it's like, but really, you're gay? Like, you look, and I'm like, what, normal? <laughs> like, we are normal people. So it just teaching through food, teaching through th TV, teaching through all that, that you have no idea the response I got through Top Chef. All the Latinas and Latinos that DM me saying, thank you. Now my grandma, my mom, they see you like a regular housewife that happens to be gay and you're happy. Thank you. Everything happens for a reason. I'm em embracing that I have a voice in the cooking community and that I have a voice in the LGBT community and I have a voice as a Latina. And all I want to do in this world is to, you know, leave it better than I found it and teaching my son how to recycle, teaching my son never be late on taxes, <laughs> and teaching my son how to open the door, be respectful, and teaching my son to eat right. I always tell him it's three strikes. If you don't like one item three times that you tried it, prepared differently, then you don't like it. So. That's fair. Has he shown an interest in the restaurants? Not the restaurants, but he's shown interest in baking. Baking with Papa my ex-father-in-law, which is also a retired firefighter. Papa bakes beautifully. I do not have patience to bake. I don't follow recipes. But Renee does a beautiful oatmeal chocolate chip cookies that I offer him to pay to make me some for the restaurant to sell. He's like, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I would love to talk about the Tucson scene because I'm coming for the first time. I'm not super familiar with Tucson. I have a few different questions. I'm curious, how has Tucson been when it comes to women and food? That's a, a double-edged sword. I think still, we're still, we're still struggling, I think. I don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> wow, I'm putting it on a podcast, but it's a little bit hard. But we as women, I feel we don't care anymore. So we just, hey, here we are. Uh, we have a, a great uh, Carlota Flores, which is one of the oldest Mexican restaurant here in Tucson. So we have her as an example. And then I come in and then we have other females trying to leave their mark. Not even here in Tucson, but in, I think in all the world. It's very boy world. Mm -hmm. or, or am I wrong? I don't ask that question that much anymore because things have gotten better. But mm -hmm. it's not the same in every city. There are just certain things that are different for women in kitchens. And then to take it to the next step, the whole child care issue. If you do have children, as you do, there's a great woman in our in our network named uh, Camilla Marcus. Camilla's one of the only people I've ever heard talk about night care. You hear about daycare, you hear about parental leave, but I never heard about anyone talking about night care. And that's when most restaurants are open. That's beautiful. It's one of those things that I was talking to my business partner now, and I said, do you, do you know what my only downfall is? And I said, what? Being a female. Because women, we're resilient. 
Childcare, don't worry. Bring your kid. I have babysit my kids, my cook's kids. I love kids anyway, but downstairs at Boca, I have a, a basement. I have a TV. They can bring their kids. We make them breakfast. Come in. You need to make money. It's not a taboo. I facilitate as much as I can with childcare and everything parentally. I, I try my best. And I try, of course, I'm a, like, I'm the only owner. So it's my pocket. I try to push it and stretch it as much as I can to take care of my own. One of my, my responsibilities is to take care of them if they take care of me. But yeah, night care, I've never thought about it because I'm blessed enough that my son is older and grandparents always help me take care of him. But yes, it's 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 a big deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, as as a, as a community, we need to make it okay. I think it still shuts a lot of women out of the industry, and it's not it's not talked about enough. Yes, you're right. Because it's like, hey, what's your hours of availability? Well, I have to go home. I have a kid. Well, sorry, next. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of okay, how can I help you? Opening the restaurant, the grand opening is on Saturday. Greg, one of my my main guy, is like, oh well. I need to pick up my kid. And I'm like, bring him. We're not open. We open at 4 o'clock. Bring him. He can chill, watch TV, make him some breakfast or lunch or whatever. And he's like, awesome. Like, I love working with you. And when I say with you, I, I never say for you. Like, I, oh, he works for me. No, he works with me. That is the difference. I love that. So the new location, how is it going to be different, special, it's special. Uh, used to be a gas station back in the day. One of my best friends, but happens to be from Sonora. He owns a brewery for 10 years, and the right location came about, and we opened it. It's called Borderlands, which is their brewery. It says Kitchen by Chef Maria Maison. And I am normalizing the chilaquiles, the typical brunch food. I have mole, uh, green chilaquiles, red chilaquiles, and bean chilaquiles with beef, chicken, poached eggs. I have tacos dorados, Sonoran style, which it's with potato and beef in it. And I have a like a broth on the side with lettuce and crema. It's another story of tacos, it's delicious. And it's their beer. The head brewer of the brewery is a female as well. One of the few female head brewers in the country. So it's like a match made in heaven. And that's it. I'm sharing my headaches. That's all I'm looking for. You're sharing your headaches, did you yes. say? Yes. <laughs> I'm sharing my headaches. I don't want to be the sole owner of a whole restaurant mm-hmm. and just have my own headaches. No, I want to share them. Knowing the little bit I know about you, you seem like a very spirited entrepreneur. I would imagine you have a lot of other ideas for businesses you'd like to open. Oh, my God, yes. But seriously, like talking when we were talking about TV, of course, I have an idea for a TV show and I have an idea for this and I have an idea for that. And my brain never shuts off. I've learned now, thanks to my lovely wife and a lot of couples therapy, I started boxing and I started punching things that were not going to punch me back. (laughs) And it feels freaking awesome. I love it. I this is the longest I've worked out. In my 41 years of life, I go three times a week. I learn about intermittent fasting. It can be controversial. It's working for me because I don't, I always 
describe myself, I do not have a floater. You know how the toilets have a floater and they stop the water? Maria doesn't. So if I don't eat all day, but if I'm going to eat a salad, I was going to eat a tub of a salad, which is not good for you either. So I'm trying to control myself and I'm trying to help myself. So boxing is where is that? That sounds like so much fun. Let's talk about Tucson a little bit more. So like I said, I'm coming for the first time. Aside from visiting Boca and Sona and bringing an empty suitcase so I can load it up with all the stuff (laughs) I buy at Sona, what else do I need to do, see, eat in the city? Well, you have to see the sunset by Gaze Pass. That sunset will take literally your breath away. It's unreal. You can hear, like, when you're right there, you can see all the cacti and stuff, but you can hear, like, literally the wings of the birds. It is amazing. Of course, I'm going to say it's Sonoran hog dogs. We're known for that. All that Mexican uh, elotes, you know, the corn on the cob, all that Mexico and the United States, pretty much. Food-wise, I'm very, like, I go to the same places over and over again because they know me already and I like it. We're known for, I love Ethiopian food, and we have a good place here, a couple good places. Steak, I would steak, I mean, hot dogs. Mexican cuisine, I say you can find a little bit of everything. The other gentleman, chef, John Martinez, pep and pastry, he left uh, Tucson, and I believe he went to New York and did the whole New York thing and then came back to his roots. Of course, barrio bread, you have to. He's a ninja with bread, Don Guerra. You need to walk down Fourth Avenue. Okay. If watching, I love people watching. Hopefully, you will catch the gem show. It's the biggest gem show in the world, I believe. I hope I'm not wrong. There's artists. You can find everything and anything. It takes over the city, and there's people from France, like everywhere, and. It's so crowded and vibrant, and it's perfect. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Is Tucson a walking city? Like, you know, I'm no. such a New York... No. Because no. <laughs> I'm thinking I know. of all this I food. I love New I'm, York. No. I'm, I'm thinking of all this food I'm going to be eating, and I'm like, I need to do some walking. Well, you can walk. If you're going to stay to the graduate, which is the university, you're going to mm-hmm. love the University of uh, Boulevard. You're going to love the U of A. It's just... We're such a college town. So you can walk around there. You can walk all the way to Boca. Why not? So you can walk, and then we can have a glass of wine there, then walk to Fourth Avenue and stop at Boca and go downtown, underpass. We can go out. I'll take you to the oldest bar, dive bar in in history, which is the buffet. We have a lot of bars, too, like a lot of speakeasies, like a lot of mellow bars, which I love. I don't like crowded bars. So right now they're opening a bunch of bars. I'm going to take oh, I'm going to take you to Barrio Viejo. You can see all the artists there. I'm already I'm going to take the week to... off and the day off and <laughs> I'll be your chauffeur. How about I feel like I need to tack a few extra days onto this trip already. Oh um, yes. You mentioned you have so many bars. How's the mocktail scene there? Has that come to Tucson? Not yet, but I just saw literally online that they opening a bar or a store of mocktails. Mm-hmm. I do have them at the, at the restaurant, but it's taken off little by little. Certain bars do have a mocktail menu, but it's not as huge as other places. Yeah, it's such a big thing here right now. Do you ever get to New York? I do, and I love it. It's my only regret in life, I always say. When I discovered that I was good cooking, 
I should have gone. I should have packed my my stuff and just knock on doors. But life, life well, got on the way. Maybe or... you can come here and do a, a guest chef stint or something. That I want to do a pop up in Me- in New York. I will be one of my my bucket list. We'll talk I... about that when I'm in town. I'm happy <laughs> to help that happen. Anyway, oh, thank you. I love New York. New York is. I've been parts of the world, but New York takes the cake, man. Yeah. Okay. Something about it. We are going to do a speed round and then let you get back to your day. What is one of your favorite books on food? Oh, yeah, yeah. Doña Cuca. But right now I am obsessed with the LaRousse. The, that's how you say it? The LaRousse, like the dictionary, but in, for Mexican cuisine. Okay. What's your favorite kitchen tool? The blender. Oh, right. Duh. One thing that's always in your fridge. Lime. Lime. Okay. Favorite childhood food? Hog dogs. Snack food of choice? The papitas, like the snack, the Mexican chips, Doritos, pap- but we call them papitas, ruffles, like the Mexican ruffles, though, with oh, a lot of different? lime. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to make you a ruffle, like papitas when you come here. Okay. I'll take you to the place. But anyway, papitas with chamoy and chili sauce. Oh, you're going to be Mexican by the time you're done here. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Footwear of choice in the kitchen? Always, like, running shoes. Okay. I have those cooking shoes, but I like to look semi-cute. So I, the cook, the running shoes. That's okay. It. Any motto or mantra that you live by? No crying in baseball. <laughs> That's it. I love that, but I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I do too. I don't know if you watch my season, but I cried a lot. But we can cry it after. After we're done with the chaos, we thrive. Well, at least I do. I thrive on chaos. I go to my Jeep, close the door, turn the music, cry. Whew, it's good. Instead of going into the walk-in? Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. You don't have to show your weakness. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but you never know. All right. You gave us some hints as to what this answer might be, but if you had to be stuck on a desert island with one food celebrity, who would it be and why? <laughs> it would be Ina for sure. Padma. I would love to see Padma. Well, we I had the chance to, you know host her here, but just like, no camera, nothing. Just shoot the, sh- you know what? So wait, you're throwing Ina off your island already? For no, Padma? no, no. Can I take two? <laughs> no? You know what? Because it's your first time on the show, I'm going to let you bring two people. Okay. If I have to choose between Padma and Ina, I'll choose Ina. I mean, my bad. I don't want to get my wife jealous. But just Padma. <laughs> you know, I don't want any problems. Okay. So Ina it is. <laughs> Maria, you are amazing. I can't wait to see you in person. The panel at Graduate Hotel is going to be so much fun. And I don't know if people have tell you this. Thank you for what you do in the community on our level, on the female level. But thank you for what you do, because not a lot of people have the the ovaries to speak up, to say what they need to say and to celebrate us. So thank you. It means the world that I get to come to Tucson and meet you in person and Oh, I cannot wait. Eat at Boca and shop at Sona, and I don't take that for granted at all. Thank you. Thank you. Many blessings, and I'll see you soon. Maria, you're the bomb. (laughs) That's it for today's show. Thank you so much to Chef Maria Maison of Boca and Sona for joining me today. Clearly, there are a lot of tacos in my immediate future. Don't forget, our event at the Graduate Hotel in Tucson is taking place February 23rd. Clearly, we are going to have a blast. Tickets are available now over at cherrybomb.com or 
Click on the link in our show notes. I hope to see some of you in Tucson. Thanks to those of you who've already DM'd me to let me know you're joining us. I can't wait to see you. Radio Cherry Bomb is a production of Cherry Bomb Magazine. Our theme song is by the band Tra La La. Thank you to our friends at City Vox Studios and to our producer, Catherine Baker, and associate producer, Jenna Sadu. And thanks to you for listening. You're the bomb. <laughs>